0: Okay, so we'll start recording. (laughs) Three, two, one. Hi!
1: Hey,
2: welcome back to Beards and Beers. I am Todd, and we are here today with G and our special guest, Chris Benson. I'm really, really
0: excited to have Chris on on this chapter, and in the previous one, we were talking about the USB power supplies. I think that he might be using like this one that you show here, 60 ports charging. My question is, why didn't you have power over ethernet? Would it be simplified the architecture and make it easier for that?
1: I mean, We tried a lot of different tests. Uh, The first problem we ran into with power over ethernet is, um, so if you look at, at one of these, they're tightly packed in power over ethernet was a, a like a daughter card uh, a little header on here and it took a little bit too much space so we'd actually lose we have 21 pi we'd actually lose a whole pi it required some soldering and some some software i think to run if i remember right so it didn't work out of the box the version 2 is completely different but the version 1 just just didn't work it was also going to reduced too much of the airflow and had a lot of power uh, uh, heat requirements or problems with it too. So we had a heat problem in general. So separ- separating that out uh, into two units was um, was really important.
0: You mentioned uh, airflow. What kind of vents are you placing now in these new uh, micro or portable Raspberry Pi clusters? Huh?
1: The portal, res I can't really get in here. Well, let's just pop it out right now, huh? So can you see that? Yeah. Those are the five fans. Um, so these brackets hold the hold the every other uh, the three in between, and mm-hmm. then these larger brackets hold the ones with the with the fans on. them.
0: How cool. hard? Well, I was going to ask how many. Uh, what's the power requirements now that you're adding the fans and plus the Raspberry Pis? How much this rack consumes? Huh?
1: This rack consumes. It was 13 amps at 120 volts.
0: Wow!
1: Is uh, huh? Right. The, the the big one. The big one pulls 160 amps. Ooh! Wow! So an, ex- an expensive toy, huh? Wow! Well, it's more than a toy. It's a it's a. <laughs> Come on! It, it it kicks ass and and it's super cool but no we're we're it's a student pro- you know there's there there was a community project at first for, for the java, for java community with glue on and, and some other, other members and then uh, some students have have gotten access to it so a whole bunch of students helped me build this and uh, we're using it for in the oracle labs now to test the grawl arm uh, unit tests I don't, we're running hundreds of thousands of tests a day on, on it awesome so, so it's, chris, uh, let me, very useful
2: let me, let me ask you a question chris um, when when you are writing code or um, creating whatever it is that you need to do to, like for example, your regression tests, how are you how are you pushing that code? How are you deploying that code to these individual pies? Do you have like a pipeline that you know a DevOps pipeline that you uh, have set up to push the code? Do you do? You, are you like running a? Do you have a Bash script? How are you? How are you getting the code? How are you developing and deploying the code to these pies?
1: Yeah, well, we're still working on some of that. So, the the Graal team has, because uh, there's there's lots of continuous integration stuff. They have their own continuous integration. So we're in the process of putting that on here. What we do is we network boot each Pi, so the image is on an M- NFS mount off the server. So so there's an N- N- another NFS mount that has the code that we boot up. So on startup of the OS we grab that bash script, run that bash script and whatever that is, you know, if it's if it's docker that we want to run, we're network booting each each pi. When a pi boots up and it doesn't have an SD card, it reaches out to the DHCP server and tries to get an IP address. So there's a little bit of uh, firmware in there. The pi actually has some bugs in it when it goes and asks, asks for a DHCP address, it doesn't do a full the full the full request. So it just requests for the IP and so two pis when you boot 1000 of them up you can actually get duplicate IPs because they don't uh, check it out. (laughs) So you have to hard code the MAC address in the DHCPB.config file to an IP address. So (laughs) I have another video and other scripts and stuff on my blog on how to, how to go get all the MAC addresses for these. So the best way that I found anyway. And um, so then the DHCP server hands off a TFTP server and then it pulls down the Pi, pulls down the image, and boots that image. That image is available on an NFS mount. So we have another NFS mount that's where we have the code that we want to deploy on each Pi. So, like I said, there's that that initial boot script that goes and grabs whatever we want to run.
2: How does that code get on that network server?
1: Okay, so we what we do is we first have a test Pi, and so you know with an SD card, and we mm-hmm. test that Pi out, get it, get everything all dialed in the way that we want. And then we clone that SD card to that N- NFS mount. Interesting.
0: Well, a little bird told me that you're planning to have augmented reality, AR, embedded in this system. Can you disclose a little bit about that?
1: Well, what the idea is, one of the problems we run into is we have, you, you have a computer display and you know, a grid of all the pies, but you don't know, what, you know which one is overheating or whatever. So each one has a temperature, Those, that's a little bit of code that's running on the Pi and reporting that back to this big grid. Um, so wouldn't it be nice to have an iPad, you know, and hold it over and visually see, this is the IP address of this one, this is the temperature, you can show graphs, you can show the memory usage, you know, all that kind of stuff. So eventually, I'd like to get some time to be able to do that, hoping this year.
0: What are you using for monitoring? What kind of tools? Are you using Grafana or something like that just to grab all the metrics and the monitoring of the system?
1: Uh, actually, what we were using, Socket.io. So it's, it's, it's written in, 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 in uh, JavaScript or Node. So the way we were initially rendering it, rendering it was just on a Linux machine, just in a terminal, um, just refreshing the, the display. So it wasn't anything special. Uh- sounds,
2: like, uh, sounds like a really good opportunity to integrate with the o- OCI metrics uh, API. You know, you could do custom metrics in the Oracle Cloud, uh, push up all your data to the metrics, use the actual built-in tools, and also use the OCI plugin for Grafana, like like Guillermo said, uh, to visualize that data later on. So, um, cool. Are you volunteering? Uh, give me, hey, ping me anytime, man. <laughs> I'll help you out. Uh, absolutely, uh, the SDK yeah. is really easy. I already have a blog post that I could shoot to you about custom metrics in the Oracle Cloud. So, um, all right, we have time for one more quick question, Guillermo. You wow. pick the uh, you pick the best question that you have right. and lay it on him.
0: Well, more I'm than take a question. Swig of my beer. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, more than a question is throwing to Chris a couple of challenges because I would love to see I'm, I'm building the OCI community out there. And I think that two projects that would be really, really awesome to see is first running the FN project, our cloud native serverless platform. So you can connect that to OCI and run metrics, billing, and a lot of stuff behind. And the second project would be running ESX, VMware, on ARM, and using Oracle Linux on top of them. Do you see that feasible? Or are you looking to take that challenge? <laughs>
1: with your help of course yeah no i let's let's give it a try i am i'm all for throwing anything on here that we can like like you know one of the one of the more interesting things was hey can we run SETI on it so we did um you know so there's lots of things that are that are possibilities it's just a matter of time and priorities hey one more really
2: really quick question where is the massive 1024 supercomputer right now is that is that in london like you said or where is the actual one that we demoed at code one last year?
1: The actual one is, is in Santa Clara. Uh, it's a campus there. Guarded it's under and lock and key and in... like super top secret lab. Well, it, given that COVID happened, yeah, it's under lock and <laughs> key. No one could get into my lab. So I have, I, I saw <laughs> it once I was able to get in and I, and I took a picture and, and tweeted it. It got quite a few views. I was kind of surprised. Nice.
2: Um, so- very cool. So, hey, yeah. Chris, we uh, really, really appreciate you joining us today and in our last episode to discuss uh, all the cool things that you're working on here at Oracle and and we wish you the best of luck in the Oracle Labs and uh, thanks for being a good sport and chugging your beer at eight a.m. in uh, yeah. you know California time. And G, I mean, it's, it's already the weekend for G. It's like, what, five o'clock uh, Friday night for G. So. Half past
0: five. And I'm running out of beer. So, guys, see you in the next chapter, huh?
2: Absolutely. It's joining. time to go grab another one. Take care. Thanks for joining Take
1: us. Take care. <laughs> all right. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Now, now I got to put this back together. It's all your fault. <laughs>